Today is Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A member of the Polish parliament goes viral for a shocking anti-Semitic public display. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating. Send us that email, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Just say hi. Let us know where you're listening from. I don't know. Just check in. We'd love to hear from you. Joining me now to get through the news of the Cray, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gones Phillips on this hump day. Gentlemen, what's up? Doing well, doing well. All Excited right. to dive into the news. Dive head first into the news, right? The craziness of the day. Always crazy, never shortage of it. And we talked about the dinks yesterday. Uh, apparently, guys, that's been around since the 90s. I didn't know this. Someone told me that. It's now coming to light back again in the uh, modern age on TikTok and whatnot. So just an update on that. I didn't know that. You learn more every day. But anyway, uh, we got a lot to get to. Focus story. Actor Jesse Hutchbilly told you he should be dead. Yeah, it's wild. It's a crazy story, near-death experience. And I'll just, I don't want to spoil it all, so I'm not going to say that. But what I will say is he really should be dead when you hear the details. Yeah. It's crazy. Looking forward to that. Also on the main thing, Trey, you talked to Alex Jones. Yeah, not, not, not that Alex Jones. Not, not that, that different Alex, Alex Jones. Jones. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Th- which Alex Jones did you talk to? I don't know. Should we just leave it a mystery? Which <laughs> Alex Jones? No, we, we talked to the, the founder and the CEO of the Hallow uh, Prayer app. It was a fascinating conversation about how actually he went from being a, a non-believer to a believer and then launched this app. Wow. Very cool. Looking forward to the details on that. That's coming up in the main thing. We're going to get to all that and more. But first, we get through the news here in 90 seconds. In a shocking viral video, a Polish member of parliament uh, grabbed a fire extinguisher and walked up to a lit menorah and put it out. And it was lit up for the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah, of course, but it's in the parliament building and he wasn't happy with that. Reports said that he was upset with the increased Jewish symbolic representation in parliament. And he also seemed to have an armed guard escorting him and controlling the crowd that was kind of responding with shock. They didn't know what to make of this. And one woman was yelling at him. And it's the latest example of anti-Semitism increasing around the globe as Israel's at war with Hamas. House Speaker Mike Johnson yesterday defended a vote scheduled this week to formalize the impeachment inquiry into President Biden, arguing that unlike what Democrats did, he called that a sham impeachment of former Trump, He said Republicans are committed to, quote, the rule of law. He said, we have no choice to fulfill our constitutional responsibility. We have to take the next step. We're not making a political decision. It's not. It's a legal decision. And it's been called the largest Christian event in Egypt's history. As more than 17,000 attended a gospel crusade and more than 7,800 people made a decision to put their faith in Jesus Christ. You can read more about that over at cbnnews.com. So a lot going on there, guys. And, you know, of course, you have this inquiry moving forward, potentially. And there's there's always going to be politics attached to something like this. But it, there's no doubt about it that the last time around, people kind of viewed what happened to Trump as a, a pure show. And it was just all for um, to appease sort of the leftist mob. And you're seeing that now again as as with these charges, the legal charges against former President Trump, people feel a similar way. Not sure it'll land any different in the reverse this time around when it comes to President 
Biden, whether the allegations are true or not. You know, the, the danger with all of this, and I've been saying this the whole time, and I'm, I'm probably going to offend everybody with it, but I'm just <laughs> going to say it. When you start going down a path of saying this is the new norm with how we handle politics, you know, we're going to impeach people. Okay, well, now everybody is going to use that tool on both yeah. sides when the opposing party is in power. Oh, we deny elections when Hillary Clinton was saying, you know, that he wasn't a legitimate president, Trump, right. when he won. That was a starting point, right? Then, then that ramped up now nobody believes in the election so you just it i think this is and i'm not trying to oversimplify yeah. it's troubling though it is it really it's, is. it's like a desensitization to it right like because now you know it used to be a shocking thing when an impeachment was brought like this is wow this is serious no, it, no one's gonna in time when it keeps happening over and over again people just aren't gonna take it seriously yeah, no, 100%. This is just kind of, I think, unfortunately become par for the course when we have an election now. And uh, every election is going to be contested. Hillary Clinton didn't want to say that she lost the election. Donald Trump didn't want to say that he lost the election. Stacey Abrams doesn't want to say in Georgia that she lost her election. And it just goes back and forth and back and forth. And each party will just try to impeach the other, I guess. Yeah. It's just uh, no concessions and then impeachment proceedings <laughs> seem to be uh, the standard now, which is unfortunate. At least it's both parties right right at least I, everybody is awful there's right. not one party who's, who's who's bad and no one who's not yeah, and i want to be can i say something well i just wanted else? to be real clear here real quick i wanted to clear something up real quick billy and then go ahead um but I, I just this is not a statement on what the allegations here are against biden uh, it's not nothing no. to do that they could yeah. be completely fair um allegations and that's not the point i'm making the point i'm making is just if this keeps happening you're going to How do we believe it. that it's yeah. not just political? Right. At what when it keeps happening over and over again. So it, it it'll be tough to see when you have a legitimate one and when you don't because it's just if it's the thing everybody does all the time that that's the danger. That's all I'm saying. No, I, and I think that's an important point. You know, let's also look at the fact that Donald Trump is up on multiple chart 90 plus, you know, charges on all different things. And I'm not saying he didn't commit those things. I'm not saying he did. What I'm saying is, is this the new norm now that yeah. former presidents are now going to be hauled before the courts endlessly? That makes me nervous on, on both ends, on all yeah, ends. Yeah. We have to, yeah, so I that's don't know. Venezuela. I mean, that's, I mean, the left had for, you know, talked about fears that Trump would make us a banana republic. And then here he is the dominant front uh, you know, contender opponent of Joe Biden at the moment. And he's facing all these charges and no one's going, Hey, wait a minute, <laughs> wait yeah. a minute. The top guy for president to challenge the president is getting all these charges thrown at him. Maybe we should slow down here. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's banana yeah. republic. -y. Well, and, and you know, all I'll say is I feel like we're reflecting, this really is an example of politics reflecting culture, the culture of the self, the obsession with the self. I don't want to step down. I don't want to say that I didn't win or it's just, it's crazy yeah. watching the politics reflect how we're all behaving culturally. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, uh, let's, without further ado, let's head on over to the focus story now. And this is really a crazy story. Actor Jesse Hutch he told CBN Digital he should be dead. This is after surviving a near-death experience. This is really crazy, Billy. What happened? Yeah, he was working as a whitewater raft guide years ago, and he ended up somehow getting trapped underneath the water. And it's so crazy because we're we're doing this interview about oh. his new film, uh, which is called The Christmas Blessing. It's on Great American Family. And he's talking about the film, and he just brings up, hey, you know, I should be dead. And, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, and wait, so back that up. <laughs> back that up. Tell me the story. So he gets trapped under the water, and apparently – Somebody rescued him, but they believe he was under the water for between 11 and 22 minutes. 
So, I mean, that you should be clinically, legally dead. Um, he was 21 years old when this happened. And he started talking about all the things that should have happened to him. Even if he did survive, which he shouldn't have been able to, he shouldn't be able to speak. He shouldn't be able to hear. He shouldn't be able to talk. And all of those things are almost entirely intact. His voice has like a minor, I mean, you can't even hear it, um, issue that never really recovered, but his hearing is fine. His eardrum should have imploded. Um, you know, it's, it's insane. But yet he really believes that his survival was in God's hands, that, that God was looking after him during that ordeal. And within weeks of this, he was fully recovered. I mean, that's the other thing. It wasn't like he went on a two-year healing spree after. He was recovered pretty quickly after the accident. Yeah, that is really crazy. And uh, just side note, drowning, one of my worst fears. I mean, I just, it's just, it seems like such a horrible thing to have happened. And anytime I read about somebody tragically passing that way, it's just, it's terrifying. It really is. And it's, it's awesome that he survived this incident does he have a faith background? What's what's the deal there? He does. And it's it's interesting because he does a lot of the, you know, he's always the romantic lead in these romance movies, right? And this Christmas blessing film, he is not the romantic lead, um, but he's in that movie. And, and he was talking about the fact that he chooses certain roles, obviously, carefully. Um, but his faith background in particular goes back pretty far. He was five years old and he described saying the sinner's prayer with his grandmother at the foot of his bed. Um, and he, he actually said, I thought it was kind of moving, his grandmother gave him this children's Bible that he still has today. Um, so that was a pivotal moment for him. And then years later, um, after his parents' divorce, it sent him really going deeper into exploring his faith. And he said his faith has only grown over the years as he's gotten married, had kids, and he's built this acting career. He talked about the fact that God loves, you know, he was talking to the people listening, God loves you. And then he talked about, and this is how he got into the story of his accident. He's like, when I look back on my life, there was a definite hand that kept me out of trouble in many ways. And so faith has been an intricate part of his life. Yeah. I mean, really, really great to, that he can see God's hand in the midst of all that chaos. Why do you think it's important for like people like Jesse to sort of tell their stories? Yeah, I think we assume that Hollywood, and it is, it's so dark in so many ways, but we're watching this explosion of faith in Hollywood right now that, you know, we have to be careful, not judging people's hearts at the same time being discerning, but people like this who are working in Hollywood and who have had consistent careers, loving Jesus, being open about it, not being afraid, you know, whether it's Candace Cameron Bure or, or Jesse, we need to hear from more of these people because I think it, it helps build our faith, but it helps us realize that, hey, there are people that we need to be really praying for in that industry because, again, it can be very dark, very soul-sucking industry. Yeah, yeah, for sure, without a doubt. I The other thing I think of when I hear this story, Jesse's story of survival and almost dying, we have a weird ability as humans to go about our daily life without considering our mort mortality, right? We, we go along thinking like, tomorrow's guaranteed. We're not guaranteed the next 10 minutes, let alone mm. the next 10 days or the next 10 months or the next 10 years. But we we get lulled into this false sense of security like we're owed something, <laughs> like we're owed, like we're not going to get sick or we're not going to get you know trapped underwater or we're not going to get hit by a bus or whatever might happen to us. It, we, it, and then those people who do have those moments, it's like it snaps them back into reality and I think oftentimes God uses that to 
wake us up to say, wait a minute, there is something bigger here. We have to have an eternal perspective. And that jars us into that when stuff like this happens. It's crazy. For sure. I think it is. It's it's encouraging to see stories like this the same way. I think it's encouraging to see uh, athlete stories of using their platform to point to God if they've been injured or if they've uh, been victorious or, you know, whatever the situation is. I think it's uh, it's great to see believers using their platform to point people to Christ. And it's cool to see people in the entertainment world. Uh, he's a successful actor and he's had this incredible, like, wild story uh, and using it uh, to point people in the right direction, I think yeah. is, uh, is encouraging. Yeah, definitely. Indeed. All right. Well, appreciate you bringing that one uh, to the podcast today, Billy, that's going to lead us over to the main thing now. And Alex Jones, the founder and CEO of the Hallow app, Trey caught up with him to talk about the prayer app, the role the Lord has played in its stunning success in the app store and how it was born out of his own journey back to faith in Jesus. That's today's main thing. Alex Jones, uh, thank you so much for joining us. You are the founder, the CEO of the Hallow app, which is a prayer meditation app that's kind of taken the app store, I think, uh, by storm. Y'all have been one of the number one apps uh, on the app store now for a long time. So uh, thanks for coming on and talking a little bit about it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So, you know, I want to go back to when the app started. It was launched in late 2018, if I have uh, my facts right. Uh, tell me a little bit about just the impetus, the motivation for starting an app, a prayer-based app. Yeah. It, um, you know, it, it, it's really the story of my own kind of faith journey, but I was raised um, in the church, but Unfortunately, high school and college fell away from my faith, would have considered myself an agnostic or atheist for most of that time. And, you know, I ended up getting into meditation after I graduated. And, uh, you know, I, I'd learned about, I was about to go to India to try to learn how to meditate, but I found these apps, Headspace and Calm, which were a lot cheaper than the flights to India. So I ended up trying those and I loved them. I thought every day I was guided through this technique of kind of secular meditation. Um, but this strange thing kept happening, which is every time I would meditate, my mind kept feeling pulled towards something spiritual, like an image of the cross or the name Jesus or an image of the Holy Spirit or something, which I just thought was incredibly strange. So I started reaching out to people who were deeper in their faith life than I was, pastors, priests, brothers, sisters, friends. And I was asking them what I thought was a really interesting question, which was, hey, is there any way there's some sort of intersection here between this meditation thing and this faith thing. And they all laughed at me and said, yeah, we've been doing it for 2000 years. It's called prayer. You probably should have heard about it. Um, and you know, I had known about prayer, but for me, prayer had always just felt like I was talking to myself or repeating something that I'd memorized or, you know, listing out that like journaling to myself, like what I'm thankful for, what I'm sorry for, what I need help with. And what I started learning all about was this really rich and beautiful tradition of contemplative and meditative prayer within Christianity within the church and things that I'd never heard of before, Lexi Divina, Ignatian spirituality, the exam and chant, all these things. And I randomly opened up a Bible, Googled how to do Lexi Divina, which is um, a way of meditating on scripture. You pick a word that sticks out to you and you meditate on it. You use that to start a conversation with God and collect yourself and all this stuff. Um, so I randomly opened up to Matthew 6, where the disciples asked Jesus to teach him how to pray. And he gives them the Our Father. And hallow was the word that stuck out to me that I meditated on. And it's a word, honestly, that I'd never really thought of before. 
And I, it was just like a 10, 15 minute experience, but it just completely changed my life, brought me to tears, brought me back to my faith. It's Christ the most important part of who I am. And uh, yeah, it just changed everything. Um, brought me to, you know, complete tears. And it was just this beautiful combination of this deep sense of peace with this like deeper than anything I'd experienced before, but you feel it, you feel your stress levels go down, but combined with this depth of meaning and purpose. Uh, so hallow means to make holy. So I was like, well, is Jesus trying to make God the father's name holy or is God trying to make me holy? Am I letting him make me holy? Am I supposed to be helping other people grow closer to God? And I was really just doing my own career for my own career's sake. And so it was like stressful. I had to quit my job and do this crazy startup thing. But, um, you know, but it, I was wrestling with that in this place of real peace. Um, and so anyway, that changed my life. I knew I needed this type of thing every day forever for me personally. And I knew how to code a little bit. So we built the first version of the app. And then we just had some folks reach out to just friends and family started using it, just a couple dozen people. And even within that group of people, it was just like these incredible miracles were happening. We had this young woman who was in a tough relationship who for the first time was able to get the courage to get out of the relationship. We had this woman who had lost mm -hmm. her only son, who was just in this deep, deep place of grief, unable to get out of bed or eat for months. She said the, the only thing that kept her going was these little meditations on this app. And, you know, they're just super simple scripture meditations, but it was just, you know, God was working these incredible miracles in people's lives and we were blessed enough to be a part of it. And and it just goes to show this, you know, if you just give them just a little crack in your life, you just give them a little five or 10 minute time, you can do these really incredible things. So that was, yeah, four or five years ago. And it's uh, it's been a crazy ride. We get these, it was just incredible for us to see it's been fun to see, you know, the app store rankings or anything is fun and lots of people praying with it is, is awesome. But what really means the world to us is we just see these stories of people whose lives are just changed. People who are dealing with real alcoholism or addiction or people who are in really tough spots or people who have lost loved ones or children or, um, you know, we had a young woman who had never heard that she was beautiful from anyone in her life who listened to a little meditation and looked in the mirror and heard God say, you were beautiful. We had, you know, a little kid who was afraid of the dark, who was able to fall asleep because they could fall asleep with scripture. You know, we have people who have been in affairs or, you know, deeply depressed, suicidal, who are able to find some sense of hope and peace and life through Christ. Um, and it's just a blessing for us to be able to be a part of it. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, but that's, that's, that's essentially the story of what we're doing and what we're, what we're trying to, trying to work on and the blessings that God has given us. I think it's fascinating too that so Hallow was something that was born out of your own um, your faith kind of being rejuvenated and and coming back to the Lord uh, and through that the the spark of that relationship Hallow was an idea that you had that was then uh, created in you know this app that you said just a small group of people were kind of involved in to begin with and it's become this this huge success online. Talk a little bit about how you've seen the Lord. Uh, the Lord's hand in that, because it seems pretty miraculous that, uh, you know, in 2018, obviously a pretty obscure thing, it was just starting to now something that pretty much anybody of faith and even a lot of people who are agnostic or not believers, we're, we've all seen it or come across it in some way. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think last, we were the first, I mean, all glory to God has been, I'll, I'll talk about it in a little, but it's, it's all the, the fun part about Hallows is all just so clearly, the only thing I've really learned like tactically about it is just learning more and more radically to surrender to God, which I think is a pretty good summary of like what the point of our life here on earth is anyway. It's like, how do you learn to radically, even more radically and radically surrender your life to God and give your heart to him. And 
you know, that's essentially been, I, I would never have expected how tactically he would have worked. It's just a hilarious, you know, we'll, we'll be like, well, what should we do for Advent or what should we do for Lent? We can't really figure it out. And what should we do for Easter? What should we do for Christmas? And, you know, who should we work with? Uh, you know, Mark Wahlberg sounds like a cool, like, and how could we reach out to him or, um, you know, Jonathan Rumi from the chosen and, uh, we just try and we try and we try and then we give up and we say, all right, God, I guess this wasn't what you wanted to happen. And then he does it. He was just like, he just waits for you to give up so that he can do it. And so it's just learning this radical surrender, but it's been fun. It's yeah. I think we, we were the first app. Uh, there's never been a meditation app, secular or faith-based, a prayer app, any sort of religious app or any sort of fitness app that has broken the top 10, I think of the app store. And we did that last Lent. I think we just for this last launch that we just did, at the start of December here for the season leading up to Christmas, we were top 15 again. So it's, um, mm. uh, or top 12, I think, but, um, yeah, it's just been incredible for us. I mean, for uh, obviously my own story is somebody who had fallen away from their faith and we have a ton of people on the app who take their faith incredibly seriously and people who, you know, are praying every day for 30 minutes, 60 minutes, but we also, uh, you know, we have this special soft spot in our heart for people who have really fallen away and people who are in real dark places and to be able to be a part of God's outreach to those folks is just a is an incredible blessing so to be able to see what he's done over the last five years and reaching out to people um, especially those who have fallen away it's just a it's just a privilege of a lifetime all right thanks for that conversation they're very very cool app all right that's gonna leave us with time for one last thing on the podcast today we're going to look at John 1, 29. It says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I'm just reminded of, like, obviously at Christmas time and Jesus being born, the, the Son of God being a baby, is just a promise of the salvation that was to come. Yeah, absolutely. And I love, too, when you see uh, when Mary comes and visits uh, John's mother and the baby leaps in the womb hmm, yeah. and it's just so cool. You know, he's paving the way for Christ's arrival and, uh, yeah, all, all cool stuff. All right. That's where we're going to leave it on the podcast today. As always, get yourself on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective, Lord willing, and that Creek don't rise on us. We shall return tomorrow. We'll see you then.